Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. We have been putting together some of our Morning Story podcasts into half-hour radio broadcasts. We can present a bunch of stories that way. They can speak for themselves. And also, we can let the stories speak to each other. In one of these radio shows, the theme was very definitely what home meant to different storytellers. Well, in the course of putting that show together, I was suddenly reminded of a story I told Gary about somebody who probably had the most tenuous sense of home of anybody that I knew. This was a young girl that I met way back in 1951. Her name was Kathy. She was the daughter of a Hungarian family that had escaped the Nazis to New York, and she was born in New York. She grew up without a direct experience of World War II, but a very deep experience of the Cold War that came afterwards. Once again, the world divided into two sides, this time the U.S. and the USSR. And because her parents were pro-Soviet, they were suspected of being spies, and they had to flee the United States about 1950. At age 11, Kathy is in exile, born in New York of Hungarian parents, living in Mexico, which was where I met her because my family was in exile, too, for the same reasons. Well, five years later, my family moves back to the United States, and Kathy and her mother and father leave, too. Not to the U.S., though, but back to her parents' homeland in Soviet Hungary. On the boat to Europe, her parents told her a secret that they'd kept all of her life. They weren't Catholic. They were Jewish. They didn't get any farther than communist East Berlin, though, where her father became ill and died. Kathy is discovered by a German theater director in East Berlin. She was beautiful, gifted, and they cast her in the role of Anne Frank in the first performance of The Diary of Anne Frank ever staged in Germany. She becomes famous, and she stays in East Berlin where she becomes a movie star known all over Eastern Europe and the mother of four kids. I totally lost track of Kathy until one day, about 35 years after we'd gone our separate ways, she shows up with her four kids at my brother's doorstep in New Hampshire. By then, she left acting, she had become a child psychologist, and she had just left her second husband, who was threatening to have her called an American spy if she didn't come back home. I'll never forget the first impression that I had of her at that time. She was still beautiful, was a lovely person, trying to do her best, but life and history had just given her no sense of home. She had three passports. She spoke five languages, all of them in an accent that I don't think you could have placed. I asked her that night what language she was most fluent in. You know what she said? None of them. Wow. What happened to her after that? She had this tough choice whether to stay or to go. She wants to begin a life of her own. She doesn't know where to start. And she decided on a whim to go back to her first home in New York City, the place where it had all begun for her and that she might never again see. She goes to the apartment, knocks at the door. Somebody says, come in. She opens the door, and she sees this old couple at the kitchen table. Forgive me for intruding on you, but she says, but I wonder if I could come in and look at the apartment. I used to live here as a little girl. They looked at her, and they say, you must be Kathy. 
How did you know who I was? Come in, we'll show you. And they take her to her old bedroom, and there, on the floor of the bedroom, written in little letters made out of flowers, painted on, is her name, Kathy. It was something that her father, who adored her, had written when she was a kid. They're so touched by it that they decide they're never going to change it. So they raise their own kids in this apartment. And for 35 years, as they grow up and as the parents grow older, they sit around and every once in a while at the kitchen table, they ask themselves, whatever happened? Whatever happened to Kathy? Kathy said that for her, that was the end of one journey. What she found was love. That might be the most of home that she would ever know. But at least after 50 years or so, it was a start. Today's morning story, Whatever Happened to Kathy. I'm here in the studio with Gary Mott. One of the things that I know about Kathy is that she was an amazingly expressive child. She really was a gifted actress, and she was beautiful. In fact, one of the people who got developed an interest in her, because he happened to be in Mexico at the time shooting a movie, was Marlon Brando. Wow. He actually came to the house and to try to get a date from her because he had seen her near, near the, the movie set. So this was a very expressive kid, and yet she grew up in a situation where to express yourself and to let all of your feelings show was not a good idea, that she learned that from her parents. I also know that you have two daughters, and one of them is extremely expressive. <laughs> <laughs> Let me count the ways. My youngest daughter, Sonia. Lori and I are just concerned that she will never stop being able to <laughs> express herself as freely as she has shown to. Like just the other night, you know, we... <laughs> went to the local pizzeria. It always tends to happen in a pizzeria with Sonia, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do this time? We sit down, order our pizza, and Sonia notices two deaf women. Mm -hmm. Everything is a first right. when you're right. that age. Yeah. And they're signing to each other. She stands up in the booth, she points, and then she proceeds to imitate you know, signing and then she finishes off her imitation mm -hmm. with a circles around the ear crazy sign. I see. <laughs> and Lori and I are just, we bury our head and say, you know, what do we do here? The pizza comes. In the booth next to us, there's an elderly couple. Sonia stands up. She points and says, is that lady dead or something? And Oh, dear. Oh, you dear. Know, <laughs> Once again, we're, you know... Strike two. <laughs> how do we teach her that just because someone looks dead doesn't mean they are? <laughs> and then finally, the welcomed close of the meal, right? The waiter comes over and mm -hmm. gives her a lollipop. And oh, she nice. politely says, well, thank you. Mm -hmm. The waiter, who comes from another part of the world, acknowledges her thanks. Uh -huh. And she turns to me and says, he talks like Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> the the father-child relationship, uh, definitely a theme and an unending one. <laughs> it's amazing the stories that can come from that. We, we got some email. Let's get to our email. 
You mean this email? Yeah, Sonny? this email. That email up there. We kind of are developing family here on Morning Stories with our listeners. So some of our listeners will hear about uh, the plight of another listener and write to offer them some advice or some help. We got a letter from someone who had heard us read a letter from a woman named Megan. And Megan loved dogs and was not able to visit her own family dog often enough. So as a kind of methadone treatment, she was checking into different websites that had pictures of puppies. CuteOverload.com. Overload.com and, and DailyPuppy.com. So anyway, this, this letter was in response to that. This letter is from Bridget in Birmingham, Alabama. She says that Megan needs to hear the story in the podcast of This American Life called Puppy Channel. She will love it. Please send this message along to her. I'm going to listen to it too, because I, I usually listen to This American Life, but I didn't catch that episode, and I love dogs. And here's another letter that we got from uh, Michelle. She says, while I sit at my desk at the job I truly dislike, I feel like I have friends in my earbuds. What a pleasure to listen to your stories each day, and even more your discussions and comments. I feel like I know you. It's a very intimate thing, the podcast. It makes me feel that I have friends all over the world and such interesting friends. I'm just through the stories that have started letting us know about contributing, and since I have no need for an Ipswich product, I was very eager to make a contribution. I'm in the middle of planning my wedding, and I have to say, Morning Stories helps ground me and helps me to realize that there's more to life than if we have 200 or 230 guests or what the flowers will look like. Sometimes being a bride is all-consuming. So thank you for reminding me there is more going on than my wedding. I wish you both the very best. I assure you, Michelle, you can survive your wedding and actually <laughs> get to the marriage, and it can be a wonderful thing. And thanks also for letting people know how grateful we are to Ipswich, our donor, pretty much since the start of this podcast, a leader in file transfer software, and you can find out about them at their website, ipswitch.com. And our website, wgbh.org slash morning stories, and we love hearing from you, morning stories at wgbh.org. We'll be back real soon. How's Kathy doing now? Still looking for home. She might retire in Florida, she says. (laughs) 